Hi, this is Pete Best, and you're listening to Sci-Fi Saturday Night. We will begin an advanced invasion. We'll tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. Don't think you can me so easily! It is now time for us to put Earth under our roof. It's your sacred duty to tell us the truth. Confess and take that you've been guilty of witchcraft. Believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Five by Saturday night. From a place in one of the dark corners of sublevel six, deep in area fifty-one. Hello and welcome to Talkcast three hundred and thirty-one. This week's edition of Side. If I Saturday night snacking on recycled Cheetos and I'm not sure why they're recycled and I'm not sure I should be eating them. I am the dome joining the telecast tonight. Some of the rest of the gang of five in the Acton TARDIS reseating Inferno technical anarchist our own button pushing gr- keyboard clacking sonic screwdrivering girl genius more fun than a box of Japanese Oreos. It's Kriana. Only if they're green tea Oreos. From the stacks of her personal space in the dank dungeon's long drive to nowhere, she befriends robots, invites aliens to lunch, and has been known to knit with chupacabras in Starbucks. Welcome, Zombrarian. Ew, dome. It's not a Starbucks. It's a Dunkin' Donuts. I'm sorry. Duh. I I stand collected. Returning from a weekend of never-to-be-remembered events where he walked into a convention and forgot the difference between codplay and cosplay, ended up dressed as Quail Man, our Midwestern correspondent, the guy who likes shiny stuff, it's Awake by Java. Hello. (laughs) Oh, it's going to be one of those nights, isn't it? It's double guest night here at Sci-Fi Saturday Night, which means anything that possibly could go wrong probably will, but we're going to work through it anyway. Joining us after the first guest, because I'm going to do them backwards, because that's what I do, it's Matt Manherring from the Secret Identity Podcast. And before we get to that, Chris Prue from Granite State Comic Con joins us because that's this weekend. Chris, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me back. It's always Glad a pleasure. It's, you, you know, I thought about it the other day, and you were on one of our very first shows when we were actually on radio. Yep, I remember that fondly. And if you history. lead time, I could have drug it up. <laughs> sorry, I have to apologize to my, Next time. to my wife for saying drug. I'm sorry, sweetheart. But you know what? I'll that goes back so far. I don't think that we have those tapes from... from the old radio days, or we're missing some of them anyway. I so anyhow, I was thinking about looked. it. Yeah, well, you could have, you're right. And I, I was thinking back to, you know, that, that first convention that we were a part of with you guys, which may have been like the second or third Granite Con. Yeah, it was very early on. And it was in the littlest area of what was uh, at what is now the Radisson. It was this kind 
kind mm -hmm. of small little uh, conference room. And yeah, it was like an you know intimate gathering. Yeah, and it really was of, <laughs> of friends yeah. and accomplices. Mm -hmm. And now you've pretty much taken over the whole damn hotel. Yes. You mean the whole yeah, damn hotel? Actually... Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's actually spilled outside of the hotel, which is crazy. So it's just uh, you know, an extravaganza. Okay, explain ex how that happened. What's going on outside the hotel this year? So you know they've got the uh, the little like um, you know there's a little park outside of the hotel. Yeah, yeah. happens to have like several Pokemon stops, which is cool. And then, you know, there's just going to be people outside milling about, taking pictures, having fun. And then we've got, you know, some movie cars that are going to be out there. We've got Optimus Prime replica truck that's going to be out front. And then um, we got contacted by a company that organizes food trucks. And they're like, hey, we want to bring food trucks to, to Manchester for the Oh, event. that would like, suck. Let's do it. What a bad oh, idea. Yeah, I know. I'm like, oh, please. <laughs> Yeah, so we've got a little food truck court going on outside of uh, outside of the hotel. So, really and you neat. pretty much got that whole downstairs area except for where the restaurants are filled with stuff yeah. going on. Mm -hmm. Yep, and uh, this year we're excited. Uh, so we've used up the whole the whole expo hall on the south side of the hotel, and this year we we introduced something new called the fan zone, which is the armory side on the north end of the hotel. It's another big room where there's going to be our kids con and all the costume groups. And then we're going to have uh, vendors and artists in there. And uh, Adrian Paul is going to be doing his, uh, his uh, sword experience class in there. And, uh, and somewhere in there will training. be sci-fi Saturday night. Yep, yep. You guys are going to be on the north end of the hotel. So it's uh, it's crazy. I mean, we when we first thought about doing the, uh, the fan zone, we're like, do we have enough stuff to fill it? And now Scott and I are just talking today like, Holy crap! We don't have enough room to fit everything, which is just bananas. So, which is which is, as we're getting ready to go into this this Saturday, mm -hmm. the thought is, what happens afterwards? My God, you well, take it, one of the biggest <laughs> function areas in the entire yeah. state. Yeah, we're, we're we're thinking about it, but I, I found out there's actually a few areas we haven't used yet. There's a shoe convention at the hotel last weekend. They used the lobby area where there's a piano. We're going to try and figure out a way to do some kind of musical interludes or something in that <laughs> front corner. I don't <laughs> know. We'll find great. we'll find a way to use it. Actually, wait a I minute. Happen I happen to remember a Granite Con, and correct me if I'm wrong, where there was a live rock band in the center. I think there was at one point. Yeah, we had like some. Uh, there was like some nerd. It was like a. Um, they were doing like electronic nerd music on like uh, Game Boy. Wait, wait, it was nerd music. Point. Yeah, no, that sucks. Yeah, yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm joking. It was great. <laughs> so. It was great. We had a great time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we always have a great time at Granicon because mm -hmm. it, it's yeah. local and it's fun, mm -hmm. and you always have a great mix of of vendors and artists mm -hmm. and artisans and and. Just weird stuff going on all the time. What's some of the weird stuff? That's what is the what is the Angry Geek Show? The Angry Geek Show does uh, they do a podcast and they just you know rant and rave and you know review all kinds of geek stuff. So they're kind of they do a live show um, from the convention. So you know they just have some fun with all that audience uh, interactive stuff. So so they're yeah. they're going to be doing a live show going mm -hmm. on during the con. Yep. 
That's dangerous and fun. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. You tried, never know what can happen. I've tried to do that before. It works mm-hmm. with varying degrees of success, depending on your commitment yep. and uh, mm-hmm. sound levels. <laughs> well. Mm-hmm. Your artist alley is, I think, larger than I've ever seen it before this year. Yeah, yeah. And, it, it, you know, just like everything else with the show this year, it's just, you know, it's just steamrolling and getting crazier. Like this afternoon, I got a call. Um, Sean Murphy, who's working on Batman and, uh, you know, a bunch of image stuff with Tokyo Ghosts and Chrononauts and Punk Rock Jesus and, you know, nine other things. Uh, he's going to make an appearance uh, Saturday. So, um, oh, wow. And for Batman Day. So that was kind of like a nice surprise. It's like, yeah, I want to come down. I'm like, sure. We'll make no, it happen. Twist so, my arm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> Don't let that. Yeah, wait. Yeah, it, we kind of lucked out this year. Uh, DC's big Batman day is uh, Saturday. So we kind of, uh, you know, we were going to give away some Batman comics. We've got a Batman panel. Sean will be there. We've got some exclusive Batman stuff. Billy Tucci uh, did a Batman uh, print for us. And we do a photo shoot with, uh, you know, any and all Batman cosplayers. So Harley Quinns, Jokers, Riddlers, Batmans. You know, well, you won't be getting many of those. Will you? No, no, no. I'm, I'm expecting maybe one or two Harley Quinns. We'll see. <laughs> well, the good news from my point of view is at least uh, we won't be outside this year, but because that's happened no. in the past. Mm-hmm. Yep. We'll have you guys right on the inside in the North Hall. So. Ah, perfect. Fun. Yeah. So that's this year, <laughs> this year is just so much going on. But the yeah. coolest thing is, again, you've got the kids zone, you've got the kids con going on. Mm-hmm. This this is a show that has always been kid friendly and kid yeah. fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it should be good. Uh, you know, I was looking at the weather this weekend. Saturday's supposed to be really nice. Sunday's going to be kind of iffy. So you know, if people are looking for something to do with their kids, get them out of the house. You know, have some fun. It's going to be a you know great uh, great day for it on Sunday. Uh, especially with kids under ten getting in for free, so. And I and I heard a rumor yeah. that there's this guy who's going to be there who does cosplay events all over the country now. What the heck was his name? Uh, Pat. Bob. Uh, no, not Bob. No. I was close. Covey. Covey, that's the guy. Covey. Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 Yep. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So what's Pat got up his sleeves for this year? Uh, you know, it's the usual costume contest Saturday for the adults, Sunday for the kids, and then we're doing a Star Wars themed after party um, that, Saturday that's night. We're going to be not donating. Go well. No one likes that, I hear. No. So no. just be prepared. Um, okay. Nobody likes Star Wars. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're we're going to be donating some of the proceeds to the Dana Farber uh, cancer. Research uh, that's the 501st and Alderaan Base are doing a, a big you know, thing for that this year. So nice. uh, I believe there's going to be some droids there. Um, there's going to be some lightsaber battles. Some Twilight girls are going to be doing some dancing, and there's you know themed drinks. So and you never know what's going to happen at the Granicon after party. Last year, Billy D. Williams just popped in and just started dancing, which was just crazy, unbelievable. So and I understand he busted a move. Oh yeah, yeah. It's crazy. His manager was even like, "Lost a move." Wow, that's a. He did. Yes, yeah. his manager was like, "Hey, he never dances." Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was the coolest thing. He's the coolest man in the galaxy. 
for those of you who haven't seen a Granite Con, who haven't been to a Granite Con, and you're thinking to yourself, well, there's Boston, there's Providence, there's all these big ones. No, 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 no. This is a very special event. This is the mm -hmm. biggest little con in New England. That ever there were. And what I, mean, what I mean is it has everything every big con has, but it still has the feel of mm -hmm. a small con with friends. Mm -hmm. And that's what yep. really makes it special for us. And I know that's something, Chris, that, that you and the rest of the guys at Double Midnight always work on making it happen. Yeah. yeah, we want people to have fun, have a good time, you know, bring the family out there. So, Don't tell anyone we said you guys were our favorite con. No, okay. no, don't, don't say that because it's, no. like, true. You're not allowed to tell anyone. <laughs> okay, I won't we'll, tell We'll deny it. We'll keep our secret. Okay. <laughs> so if you, if you happen to be driving through Manchester, New Hampshire, this mm -hmm. weekend through the center of town, you will see it. There's no question about that. Yeah, because, you're not going to miss it. Yeah, there there will be people spilling out into those gardens and and parks there mm -hmm. and across the street as they do every year uh, in yep. various cosplay. Uh, mm -hmm. The dates are this Saturday and Sunday, September 17th and 18th, starting at 10 o'clock every day, mm -hmm. and there are still plenty of tickets available. Yep, we got tickets. You get tickets. Uh, you know, we encourage people to buy them online ahead of time. It's going to save them time and money at the door because we'll get them in quicker, and you save a few bucks by doing that online. So, um, are there still yeah, some special well. uh, packages available? Uh, VIP packages uh, are available, but they I think they go off sale tomorrow on uh, Thursday. So, just so we we're prepared for all the swag that they get. So. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And that's the other thing. You have such a dedicated group of volunteers every year that do such yeah, a tremendous job. Yeah, it's a great group. And, you know, we've got you know, we've got the red shirts, and then we've got uh, the media team, the blue shirts. we got a whole Star Trek thing, this thing going on. So. I was going to say, and the red shirts are expendable, and everybody mm -hmm. understands that. Exactly. They're the first to yep. die. <laughs> mm -hmm. they're, the fr they're our front line. So. Perfect. You know. Mm -hmm. So, Chris, we'll see you bright and early Saturday morning. Drop by and see us, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening. And uh, we're, we're, we'll be at one end of the convention, and you've got the whole front section of the mm -hmm. hotel to walk through, enjoy, and have fun with. It's and Chris if you can't find Mickey. this, just start screaming, hey, Dome, really loud, and he'll show up eventually. Yeah, because that's what usually happens in any case. Yeah. If you say his name three times, I'll appear. Yeah, definitely, easy. exactly. Mm -hmm. You're right. You got right. it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's either me or Michael Keaton, one or the other. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that mm -hmm. that works both ways. Yeah, yeah. Say Michael Keaton's name three times. I show up. I, I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe have you tried it? No, I haven't lately, and let's not until the end of the show. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, thank you so much for joining us. We will All see right. you this weekend. It's uh -huh. Granite Con, ladies and gentlemen, and it's a wonderful day. It's being held at the Manchester Radisson Center in Manchester, mm -hmm. New Hampshire, the 17th and 18th. Thank you so much, right. my friend. We know you Thank have you a time that you're getting back to doing. Thanks for taking right, well, time to be with us. Thank you. All righty. Take care. See you this weekend. All right. You will indeed. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. And now, 
as if that wasn't enough fun, and it clearly was. Matt Man Herring from the Secret Identity Podcast is with us now. Matt, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, it's kind of a weird night tonight. You know, we're just cycling guests in and out. After you, I'm told we have somebody who was an extra on the Jungleman TV series from the 1950s. That may or may not be true. No, no way. Way, buddy. I'm telling you, that's happening. Or I dreamed it, one or the other. I'm not sure. Well, you said the show's going to get weirder, so I am on, so it is definitely going to get weirder. That's perfect. I'm glad we were able to do that. Matt is the progenitor of a wonderful podcast called the Secret Identity Podcast, which occurs weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, once a year. When does that happen? We do one show a week, sometimes two shows a week, and we have been on the schedule for almost ten and a half years. So this this kind of makes us the elder statesmen of podcasts. And How dare you be older this shit than us? What the hell? Uh, I mean, that's, that's, that's the sad thing. When my show partner and I, Brian Latendry, started doing this, we were the young guys. There were six or seven big podcasts at the time and a bunch of little ones. And as the years have gone on, we seem to be the only one left. Um, good, bad, and different. We're the only ones that are left out of that group that kind of started. And, you know, almost 11 years of doing this and never missing a week, by the way. That's dedication at a level that's just painful. Well, we're afraid of the fact that if people don't get something once, they're going to go find something somewhere else because I, I, I wouldn't want to listen to us for two hours a week. That's kind of crazy. Good Lord. <laughs> Good Lord. I, and I understand that. So tell us a little bit about the Secret Identity Podcast. Well, what do you talk it's, it's basically a comic book-based podcast, and each episode starts with six reviews. We do five reviews of brand-new comics. Then we do a segment which we call Out of the Long Box, where we take an old book. Brian and I alternate on which, you know, which ones are going to be we're doing. And since my tastes, I mean, I'm an old man, so my tastes are all old DC war comics, you know, House of Mystery, all the good stuff like that, where he's Spider-Man, Marvel Tales, that kind of stuff. So we do that, and that's a lot of fun to bring back an old book and kind of give it that new polish and talk about it and maybe get people to be a little more interested in some of the older stuff. We also do a segment called Boob, Boob Tube Blitzkrieg, where we do 10 to 15 minutes where we rattle off something about all the shows that we watched over the week. And then we have um, another segment called um, Saturday matinee, where we take an old movie, um, preferably a kid's movie, something that we watched, a cartoon. Um, we have Saturday matinee, which is a, a, all cartoons or all kid things that we watched when we were kids. And then every episode, or at least every other episode, ends with a creator spotlight, where we interview um, somebody from either comic books, gaming, because Brian is a huge gamer, um, movies, television, music. Um, we've had a lot of musicians on the show. Um, and that's kind of where the show is. So that's that's ten and a half years in a nutshell right there. So what do you do when you get bored? Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, we do. We, we, well, I, I empty litter boxes. I take care of my house and that kind of thing. So what got you started in doing this? And, and ten and a half years ago, there weren't an awful lot of podcasts out there. No, my, um, so Brian always talks about how he was listening to a lot of the tech shows that were out at the time. 
Um, and then we were watching Battlestar Galactica when it did the relaunch. And our wives gave us Friday night to watch Sci-Fi Friday Night on Sci-Fi Channel. And when Battlestar Galactica ended its first season, we were not prepared and ready to give up the Friday nights that were given to us. So we, <laughs> so Brian said, hey, let's do a podcast. And I spent three years in radio after high school, and it was probably the most miserable time of my life. I hated it. I planned my whole life to be a disc jockey. Then I finally get there, and I'm like, I, I don't want to do this. I'd rather the job sucks, doesn't it? Station. Oh, it's yep. terrible. I know. I was in radio for 10 years, and uh, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so you understand the horror stories, and, you know, I was 18 years old when I went in, so I was not prepared for the, you know, criticisms, the critiquing, the um, micromanaging of every single thing that you say and do, and it just, it really, it hurt me emotionally, um, it, it, it really hurt a lot for me because that again that was what I wanted to do with my life. If I couldn't be a professional hockey player or a rock star, I was going to be a DJ, and did that and then completely just fell out. So when he mentioned doing a podcast, he tried to sell it not as a radio show. And as I started to kind of warm up on the idea of it, it kind of grew from there. And it, it's funny we started our first show. We had eight downloads, and we thought it was the greatest thing in the world. Then when we started hitting the, you know, a couple thousands, we were like, oh, this is, we might have something. And it has just grown and grown and grown. Worldwide, we get people from all over the globe that listen to us. And it's, it's really interesting. And we used to talk about sports all the time on the show because we're both avid sports fans. Somebody in Australia does not want to hear about how the Pittsburgh Penguins won the Stanley Cup. And listeners very quickly told us, we don't want to hear about sports because we don't even know what you're talking about half the time. <laughs> so we basically stick it to all the geek stuff, all the stuff that people will roll their eyes when when we talk about it in public. That's the stuff we talk about. So how do you decide on on a weekly basis? You know, you're you're gonna you're gonna do two hours of content. See, because when we started, we started out in radio. This this show actually originated on a local radio station. Yep, and Secret Identity was on the radio, too, for a little while, which was interesting. Boy, wasn't that horrible? <laughs> it was, you know what was good was we were able to record it, and as long as it fit between the commercial breaks, they were fine with it. Oh, Lord, it's it's kind of crazy what, what we went through. We spent two and a half years on, on local radio, uh, and it was, uh, boy, that was interesting. Boy, that, yeah, that, was, that was... <laughs> And you know, like when you were you were saying about uh, where you know what do you, how do you fill the time or you know how do you find stuff to talk about? If you think about the hobbies that we love, there is always something going on in comic books. There's always some argument going on in comic books. We have the movies that have been huge, and then we have this whole legacy of all the stuff we loved as kids, which is, you know, I'm I just turned 48, so I go back to the the early 70s. I mean, I'm I'm. Planet of the Apes, Logan's run right into Star Wars. So I have a lot of that to draw back on. And it's just great to have just this wealth of information, a wealth of, of, of source material, not to mention the fact that when we get, to, you know, the, the, the people we interview, the celebrities on the show, that brings a whole different element. I just interviewed Sam Jones, who was Flash Gordon, um, a few weeks ago. That's be <laughs> Sam our, is a great that's guy. That's going to be in our next episode. Oh, my gosh. I, you... 
the, the thing that I love the most is that we have done, between Brian and I, we have probably done close to 500 interviews. We have probably had three, four bad experiences out of that bunch because we have just interviewed the greatest people. And we are so fortunate when, when you know, somebody said, you, how do you decide who you're going to interview? When we go to a show, we will feel people out. We will watch them interact with other people. We will see how they are. They'll talk to people, the way they respond. And that's how I'll decide if I'm going to interview them. Because if I see them being kind of jerky or standoffish, there's no reason for me to go talk to them. So you have so way higher standards we... than we do. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you know, not I'm for probably, you in particular, probably... but in general. <laughs> we, you know, it's, and it's funny, too, because we... When we do shows, like we just did Terrificon at Mohegan Sun a couple weeks ago, and the first thing that we do that Brian and I have always talked about, no matter how big the show gets, we need to remember it's the, it's the, the indie artists. Those are the people that we want to talk to. Um, yes, it is so great to go sit down and talk to Dan DiDio at DC or Jimmy Palmiotti, um, you know, Joe Kelly, Joe Casey, Dan Slott. It's great to talk to those guys, and we will never not want to do it. But we look through Artist Alley, and we'll go and just walk up and down the rows. And because it's a podcast, not everybody knows what we look like. But throughout the Northeast, New York, we, you know, people know who we are. We have a pretty good reputation. So, again, we, we kind of get show. to go in. <laughs> um, well, you know, I, I, saw, I saw one thing on the bathroom wall about you guys, and oh, I said, you really? know what, I'm still going on. Yeah. No, I'm well, the at least we have guy. a listener now. That's pretty good. <laughs> yes, it's for a good time. Call all of you. So I'm calling all of you. Perfect. <laughs> but those, are, you know, you you want to talk to the people that, you know, our show is nothing without the people that are doing the the hard work. We basically are a, an hour commercial. That's how we look at it. That people are not listening to the show because they think Brian and I are so smart and so funny. Brian being the smart one, me being the funny one. They're listening because they want to know what comics are good, something that they might not be listening to or reading. And we really understand that. I mean, I've met a lot of podcasters that think that they're bigger than the show. And I've had run-ins, or not run-ins, but just bad experiences with people saying, you know, I don't know why that guy doesn't want to talk to me. Does he realize I reviewed his book five episodes ago? Yeah, you're kind of pumping <laughs> yourself up there, pal. You're not that important in the grand scheme of life. When secret identity is no longer there, somebody's going to find something else. It's, you know, it's, it, it, I'd like to think that I'm a little more important than I am, but I'm way too insecure to, uh, to think that that's true. The cool so thing for me. So just like everyone is, on this podcast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, the, and over time you get to build relationships with, with writers, with actors, with, with artists you know, who you just have tons of fun with. And sometimes you uh, have we, relationships with artists and actors and librarians, whatever. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, and it's, it's just great. I mean, the whole thing, too, with the podcast is that it has turned into writing careers for Brian and I, that Brian writes Lovecraftian horror novels. I think he's done four of those. He wrote a book about how to put, put together your own podcast. See Brian Wright on Twitter, so if you're if anybody's interested. And I started writing, um, I wrote a marketing book for comic book creators. I wrote a book about how to survive a comic book show. 
And then because of the show and Doctor Who becoming big, I wrote an encyclo- the, the unofficial Doctor Who Companion, which exploded for me. That was a two-year whirlwind where I did either a book signing or a show every weekend for almost two and a half years. And it was like being in a band again and being on tour. And after I did a show up in, I won't say, well, I was up in Wilmington at um, the Northeast Comic Con. And it's a great show, and they have a great, it's always a great time there. But I remember getting there and setting up going, I can't do this anymore. I, I just, I just want to go home. <laughs> I just want to be with my family. Um, yeah, and, we all get to that know, point sooner or later. Yeah, and, you know, but it, it was a great run. And the Doctor Who book was so good for me. It, it gave me a lot of confidence as a writer. Um, but we've also been able to branch out. Brian does several other podcasts. I do the official podcast for the band Striper, if you remember Striper. Um, they, that has been something where I do a podcast. Um, I post, they post it on their website. And that show gets ten to 15,000 listens within two or three days of the show going up. And nice. it is, it's, it's amazing and it's insane because I, the first, like every time they post a show, like I'll do my show, send it to them, and I don't know when they're going to post it. But all of a sudden the show is up and I go to my email or my Facebook and my instant messages and emails probably total about 200. So I always know, and that's just right away, that's, that's within an hour of the show being posted. Um, so it's been really interesting um, to have that because I love music. Music is... I'm as passionate about music as I am about comic books and science fiction. So to be sort of not necessarily in the music industry, but working with a band is a lot of fun. And to be able to do their official podcast, that's a, that's a pretty big thing. Absolutely. So where do you see Secret Identity going in the next couple of years? I have no clue, to be honest. And I think Brian and I, every time we get together... Um, you know, we, we love each other to death. He, it, it's funny, in the ten and a half years of doing the show, we, have had, I, we literally have had one argument. And it was not even about anything show-related. It was a trip to New York. We were doing New York Comic Con. Um, and I just was... I, 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 it was probably my fault. I'll just say it was my fault. And I tend to get a little diva-ish um, sometimes. And it's not, not necessarily in a bad way. I just get very grouchy and baby-ish. So they call it diva. I call it just being sad and quiet. But the, we had an argument about something, but that was the only argument we have ever had. So if the show ever ends, it isn't because we're not getting along. We've, we started the show. My daughters were young. I now have a 20-year-old and a 17-year-old. Brian started with one kid. He's got two. We've had career changes. I just shifted hours at my job. So we're now having to kind of work around that to see what's going on. But we will always be doing something. Um, the secret identity name we have worked so hard for to get it where it is that even if we were separate doing our own podcast, it would still be under secret identity because that, that it's a brand. I mean, we look at it as it may sound a little weird, but that's our legacy. That's what we have left to the, to the world at large, you know, a thousand podcasts for you to listen to. Good Lord. So if if our listeners want to defect, I mean, check out something new. <laughs> <laughs> you are at secretidentitypodcast.com. Is there yep. any other place where you can be heard? 
Um, you can go to my website, which is Matt Can't Spell, because I can't. Um, and you can get a couple links to some other things. You can go to Striper, S-T-R-Y-P-E-R.com. You click on media and podcast. You'll find my podcast there. Um, and in a couple weeks, you'll find me at New York Comic Con once again. Good Lord. Yeah, we, I, How do you put up with I, that? I dropped down. I'm sorry? How do you put up with New York Comic Con? It's, it's getting as, as hectic and crazy, if not more so, than San Diego. I have been, well, okay, so here's my Survive New York Comic Con. Um, since I am a creator and I'm sitting behind the table, I can deal with it a lot better than if I was out there walking around because I don't like crowds. I like intimate settings. Um, when you guys were talking about Granite, Granite State, um, I love those small shows. I love those shows that they still feel big because you have a great guest list, but they're not so big that you are standing there going, yep, I want to see that guy, but it's going to take me 20 minutes to get there. Yeah. And there are still those shows so, in New England like that. Yeah. Ridiculous. So I, and I'm staying away from all of them. I'm staying away. Um, you know, the shows that if I don't enjoy myself or if I am struggling with some of the things behind the scenes, because unfortunately in all the years we have done our show, we've met, we've gotten to know everybody and, you know, not everybody's the nicest people you want to, to deal with. So any of the shows that we do, we're there because we, we love the people that are there. We love the creators. Um, it's, it's sort of a, a, a symbiotic thing with me and with Brian as well, that it, it's, it, it has to be everybody or nothing. And if you're getting people that are, that are behind the scenes that are jerks, the people in the audience are going to be jerks. The people are going to be upset. So I don't want to be at those. But How to Survive New York Comic Con is I go Thursday and Friday. I go Wednesday to set up. Thursday and Friday, I'm there doing my, my book sales. I'm set up. I'm doing all that stuff. And then Saturday, I come home. I avoid Saturday. And then I go back Sunday, and that's when I do all my interviews for the podcast. Sunday morning, I'll get there maybe two hours before the show opens. I'll have time set up. Um, and I'll just bounce around in Artist Alley, table to table, doing interviews, or I'll go to breakfast. Um, we do a lot of dinners where we'll leave on a Thursday night with about 15 or 20 creators. And then we'll just go out and hang out and do interviews while we're there chatting. So our interviews are usually only 10 to 15 minutes each. So it gives them the time to really hit the points they want to. Um, we get to make our stupid comments on all their great things. And then they get to go their own way and enjoy their life. Nice. Nice. You know, it's funny, too, because as you're mentioning that, I'm realizing that some of the best conversations we've had is out at lunch or out at dinner with a bunch of creators. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's something about when you get a bunch of creative people. Now, my last book that I wrote was called Monkey See Sea Monkey, and it was about sea monkeys taking over the world of 1979. And That's I happen to know who one of the artists was for that. He's a very good friend of ours, Karen Goslin. Oh, Karen is one of my favorite people in the entire world. I love Karen. I love Tom. I love Summer. They're just such a great family. Um, and what's cool about Karen is, as great an artist she is, she's a better human being. And oh, couldn't agree with you more. Absolutely so right. We, we, we all went out to dinner. There was a bunch of us that went out, and the conversation was stupidest invasion that would never work 
you know, for like somebody trying to take over the world. And we're throwing stuff all over the place. And I'm like, what about sea monkeys? I go, you can, they don't know they were supposed to grow really big and they didn't grow big. And all of a sudden that kind of stuck in my head. And literally a month and a half later, I had a book just from sitting around with a bunch of creators. We were all talking, we're all throwing stuff around. And it's something that if, if like, say we didn't go to dinner that night, I probably never would have written that book. Conversely, I was sitting at lunch with a bunch of creators, listening to them talk about their newest projects or projects they were thinking about. And I said to them, hey, guys, I have this idea for a book. What do you think? Five years later, it finally got done. <laughs> Good for you. Oh. I have... It was funny, last year going to New York Comic Con, um, the, there were four of us that went down, Vin Ferrante from Witch Hunter, um, from Monarch Comics, and an artist friend, Adam, or um, Hunter, Hunter McFalls, and Brian, they're all horror fans. I am not a big horror fan. And I felt peer pressured into talking about horror. And they're talking about all these great things, and I'm driving, and I said, I, I think I have an idea for a horror book. And then throughout my horror idea, and I'm probably 70 to 80 pages into it. And oh, it, it's, an all, it's an all ages horror book. But because of some other things that have come up, I've got a huge music project um, that I'm working on. So a lot, unfortunately, I probably have two or, two or three books that are kind of sitting in, the, in their files on the computer waiting for the time to be worked on again. Well, Matt, what can I tell you? This was oh, interesting. This <laughs> you could probably tell me a lot. I probably could, but it's funny that you think you're the old guy. I'm not even going to get into that part right now. Snapper, snapper. That's right, you young punks, get off hey, my virtual shed. <laughs> and and just to, to uh, the other thing about my age, the age thing is always the jokes, but I tend to get really attacked, and maybe more in a playful way by some of the things that I like. Like, you know, I'm pretty sure your listeners are Star Wars fans. Some of them, but yeah. How, how many of those Star Wars fans are, jo are Jar Jar fans? I love Jar Jar. <laughs> the Phantom Menace right, is my third favorite right Star now. Wars movie. We're hanging uh, right now. There you go. I, love, I, I, love a lot I of will say that Jar Jar has to be put in the right context. The context of not existing? No. Damn that's it. all I'm going to say. It, this is a conver this is a conversation waiting to happen. But here's the thing oh. is that we encourage on this show disagreement because it's way more fun than if we all just say the same thing and agree with each other. Yes. And I, I mean, See, whole, that wasn't fun at all. <laughs> See how boring that was? God. I have on the back of my Sea Monkey book, the one that Karen did the awesome cover for, um, I do an ad. Um, it's the old ad from the 70s comics, and it was Look Who's Smiling Now. And it was a ad for a correspondence college where you could go to and you check off whatever school you want to go to, what you want to do. And I decided I was going to put all the things that I like that nobody else likes. Um, I'm a huge Beatles fan, so I have a course in there about why Sgt. Pepper is the most overrated album of all time, because I don't like Sgt. Pepper. Um, why Jar Jar is a better character than C-3PO. Why George Lazenby is the best James Bond. 
Um, why Led Zeppelin is overrated. Um, what are, uh, why Xanadu is a great movie. All these things. I, I'm that guy that kind of walks in, and if nobody likes it, I'm probably going to love it. <laughs> I'm glad there's a little controversy in your life, Matt. It makes for fun. You know, it, it, the thing, too, it's like, wait, it, wait, you know, because somebody um, like... Waterworld. Water, you know what? I hate to say it. Every time it's on, I'll watch it. <laughs> well, okay, that's different than liking it, though. I can't, and I don't, I guess I just don't have an opinion. But when it's on, it's like, huh, this is probably my favorite movie about the world covered in water. I think I'm going to just watch this. <laughs> okay. Of yeah. all the world covered in water movies, this is yeah. mine. <laughs> the, the, the thing with Jar Jar, it's so funny because... I hate to say comic book fans are not necessarily, and geeks in general, we're all geeks. We tend to wear our emotions on our sleeves way too much. And the thing, like, people just get enraged about Jar Jar. It's like, how dare you? How do you say you like him? And people will, like, challenge me verbally. Nobody's going to really pick a fist fight with me. I'd be I shocked will. if they did. I will. Right uh, well, now. Let's go. Thank you. Thank you. But it's one of those things where it's like, you know, my whole my whole thing is, well, I like it, that's it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue over it. I'm not gonna I don't have to go home and get my dissertation ready. I think the Phantom Menace is an awesome movie. And I know okay. people don't like it. <laughs> and I okay. Let, let me like take it. you one Matt, let me take you one more step. The Star Wars Christmas special. <laughs> you know, it's got a lot of merit. It's got it's got Boba Fett and it's got Jefferson Starship and B. Arthur. Do I do I smell a troll? <laughs> I think I you think do. There's and a pattern here. Now here's another thing. Speaking <coughs> of trolls, I can't stand the Lord of the Rings. I don't understand it. I don't like it. I don't like a movie That's where okay. people are Lots walking around don't barefoot. I understand it. It's not. It's okay. It's, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, everybody's feet are dirty. I can't they murdered that. the story in the movies, so really. Yeah, there's like that, the Frodo guy and Bilbo Baggins and the Hoplits and all those guys. That's all I know about it. And people will sit there and talk about what a great trilogy it is. I'm, I, I'm sorry. I don't like it's it. It's a great book trilogy. Yeah, right. it's books. <laughs> it's books. not a trilogy. It's, it's like, just a book. Yeah, it's basically it's just, just one book. book, but in three books. It's but I just, did like the Ralph Bakshi, Bakshi animated one that came out in 78, 79. That was, that was fantastic. Very well done, yeah. I actually, I, a lot I of fun to watch. As well. and, and you I know, probably like it more because I love Ralph Bakshi. There's actually, the Beatles tried to make a movie version of The Lord of the Rings where they each played a different part. Oh, good lord! I'm not kidding. It was like a actually idea. <laughs> it was actually shut down by Tolkien himself. Oh, I believe that wow. 100. He was a dick. He was a huge. Well, the problem was that his work was appropriated by all the those hippies. Yeah, <laughs> dirty fucking hippies. In, in the fact that the he was, he didn't really have a name. Hmm? Three letters. You don't know his name. J-R-R, isn't it? That's, that's all I know. John Roland Rule. Yeah. 
Rowold. Uh, it probably was better to see, stick with JRR. See, now, if you're going to make this <laughs> argument, you have to make the intelligent argument. I haven't. Then, then I'm out. <laughs> then I'm out with the intelligent argument. Fair enough. Fair enough. I took... Um, so, a couple Christmases ago, I had a friend of mine who does a blog where he does top five countdowns, top five favorite um, superhero fights, top five Hulk moments. And he asked me a couple Christmases ago... To, to rate my five favorite doctors in order. So I did this whole thing and put it up, and I got destroyed. And their blog gets probably 700,000 hits. 650,000 of them didn't agree with me. And Doctor Who fans tend to be a little more vocal than your average bear. These people were criticizing me. They were insulting me. And, you know... The good guy that I am, I decided to attack most of them because I had knee surgery, so I was laid up on the couch. So I was going after everything. You know, like if they had a Red Sox avatar, I'd say, well, your comments are stupid, and I think the Red Sox are dumb. And See, then but this, that was this person even more. What you should have said was your comments are stupid and the Yankees are the best. That will enrage well, any Red Sox yeah. fan faster than anything else. Just for the future. Well, I also up your game. I also here. started. Game. I also started this thing with a sign with a little line that said, "This is an opinion. This is not fact. This is not etched in stone. This is the opinion of the person writing these words." And people just seem to forget about that stuff. You know, I mean, unfortunately, we live in a society where what you say is law, and. You know, 24-hour news cycle, 24-hour idiot cycle. You can't say anything without it just blasting everywhere. It's unfortunate. But I'm not, I'm not yeah. about the controversy, though. I lost track of what the controversy was. <laughs> what I've is got the no idea. Exactly. I don't think we care anymore. It's fine. <laughs> Did we ever? Well, there was a point. Hey, you want to do some news real quick? You're going to hit the news thing. Uh... That, was so, that was so graceful. Thank you, Zombrarian. I'm super graceful. That's pretty huge. <laughs> yeah, the only, reason, the only reason I wanted to do that is because I, I have a couple of things that may be of interest to our listeners. Am I going to hate all of your news stories? Is one of them about Probably. Jar Jar Banks? Because yes. I will cut you. <laughs> oh, uh, talking for morning luncheon. Oh, God. <laughs> Careful. So, th there were two things I, I, I just wanted to talk about. Actually, three, because uh, Make last, up your week's, mind. last week's episode of Mr. Robot was once again Fucking amazing. Still haven't watched it. May have decided not to. It looks too depressing. It's, it's pretty good. depressing. Okay, it's, I'm not going to no, watch it. Fuck that. I'm it's not, a I'm horribly depressing show. I'm depressed enough as it is. I don't need this bullshit. My wife, my wife absolutely loves the show. Yeah, yeah I, I'm, it's I'm great. totally hooked on it. I'm sure it I is. Love, for, for those of you listening in, a spoiler-free spoiler right here. I love the subway conversation. Was that not the best? It was pretty great. Oh my god. It was good. It was It was Go ahead. It was I, I yeah, I, I mean it there's a lot of spoilery type stuff that you could talk about concerning it, but um 
it was pretty honest. Sure was. Just oh, like your mom. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Second take came out. Uh. What a shock! <laughs> mm. uh. Just like your mom. I guess. <laughs> The second thing is uh, the new Star Trek Discovery has been pushed back to May 2017 because they haven't even cast it yet. No, and we're all like on the edge. Of, I, I don't know about anybody else. May, I shouldn't. I shouldn't say. I shouldn't generalize. Many of I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat, waiting to hear who is going to be cast as number one. Because after uh, the the news that came out last week, that um, I can never say her name right. Dome, uh, Roddenberry's wife. Majel Barrett? Barrett? Yeah, Majel Barrett. I, I always say it wrong because I read it all the time and I never I never say it out loud. Uh, she was supposed to be cast... She was supposed to be number one um, first officer in, in the original series. They changed it because people didn't think it was believable. So the new... One of the, char- the main character is actually of this new series is number one and we're all waiting to see who's going to be cast. Right. Okay. And they they've made absolutely no public movement towards it. No. So I'm getting annoyed. I'm get, I'm not getting annoyed. I just I like I, I just you're I want confirmation. You're going to cut a bitch at some point. <laughs> I, you're gonna I just snap want confirmation. And go nuts. I want to know that they're going to cast it as a woman, that that person is going to actually be the main character and they're not going to chicken out and make it the main character, the captain again. Actually, like, yeah, you know what, though? You know what, though, who gets a lot of hate is Kate Mulgrew. And that's a damn shame. She gets a lot of because vitriol. Voyager, Voyager, right up until the very last episode, was incredibly I excellent. Honestly I honestly don't, that. don't quite get why. She was badass. Mm-hmm. She's, she's way better than than what's his name on Enterprise. <laughs> oh, Scott she, Bakula. She blows yeah. anyone on Enterprise out of the water. Oh my god! In fact, yeah, well, there is stiff competition in my mind between her and Jean Luc Picard for who really? is the best whoa, captain. Whoa, 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 whoa! Let's not get crazy here. <laughs> no, I'm. Let's I'm, not get crazy. I'm no, gonna seriously, stand by don't that. Be crazy. She's she is second, but she is a close second. Fine, I'll in my that. list of effective and awesome starship captains. And of course, when I bring up Avery Brooks, you're all going to go, "Oh, Deep Space Nine. No sucked. one likes but, Deep yeah. Space Nine. Get over it. I loved Deep Space Nine. Deep Space Nine was horrible. Deep Space Nine <laughs> you know is like the, the boringest show. Oh you God, no! I'm gonna throw you. down right now. You know which one's the worst? Uh, Kirk. No, 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 yes. no. The original Kirk was a huge nerd, and he was very adorable. And Kirk was also a product of his time and generation. Yeah, that's yeah. not an excuse for being a terrible person. Well, but putting it putting it into context, I mean, yeah, he had things, but like he was also a huge nerd, and he was also very intelligent. And he was—he did his job pretty well, uh, except for getting all those poor people killed. Yeah, well, I mean, that's part of it. Like, I—I just—I—I have—I have like reservations about Kirk. I don't really understand the original series because 
I grew up on Next Generation, and so I got to put That's it into right. its God own That's right, it, because it's the best one. I got, <laughs> okay, wait. I got to put it into its own little box. Pause but I will a moment, say... Though. Can I take us on a slight, slight sidebar? Okay. Show of hands between you, me, and Kriana. Um, am I the only one who got really confused sometimes when they were little whether I was watching Reading Rainbow or Star Trek? <laughs> yeah. I yeah. think you are. Well, I mean, like, I would be flipping the channels because I had just learned how to flip the channels and I'd see LeVar Burton and I'd be like, ooh, Reading Rainbow's on. And then I'd be like, what is this? Does he have Why he is have he wearing that weird on? face thing? Does he have visor? No, Must yeah, like... Trek. We watched Star Trek as a family. It was a family thing for us. So, um, us too. It was all, yeah. It was always, uh, it was always like we were gonna sit down and watch Next Generation, and and then it was uh, bedtime, and the end theme still makes me sleepy. Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> so I didn't really ever get that, but I will say that w- that that time. You remember the first time when Jordy took off his visor and his w- eyes were all white? I had. I had nightmares, legitimately. And the, the LEDs were blinking and the quarters yeah. out of his eyes. Yeah. Oh, was... oh, can I just mention one other thing? There wait, is this... wait, I, I want to hear the rest of poor Java's point that okay. I interrupted. Do you remember it, Java? Uh, no. What was okay. what were we talking about? We were ta- You were trying to convince me that Kirk isn't the worst. Uh, I, I have to put the original series in its own little box because... Um, you, you kind of, for me, I, I understand that, um, there were a lot of constraints about what was being done on television and that was bad, right? There were bad things that were changed about the original series. Gene Roddenberry's ideas got altered in order to fit with the social expectations for television during that time period. And so there was a lot of influence exerted on the creativity of the show that viewing it from today's understanding um, makes makes it archaic and cringy. you know cringy. Yeah, it does. But Absolutely but like does. I feel like it has to. You have to also look at the influence that it exerted on other television. Yep, and on sci-fi as a whole. Because it really did have a big influence. It and and it pushed television in a direction that it may I mean it it definitely pushed things forward towards a towards the place where we are now, which is getting better. Getting significantly better. Just to to, to piggyback over that thought, there was a Kickstarter uh, about a year and a half ago done by Adam Nimoy. And it was a document documentary film that he was doing called For the Love of Spock, which is half uh, family history, half history of Star Trek. And I got to see it last week. And, oh, my God, for anybody who just likes Nimoy, liked Star Trek, uh, this is an amazing, beautiful, wonderful film. Uh, IMDb gave it uh, eight out of ten, and and it's absolutely justified in that. It's just a beautiful, 
movie about the story of Leonard Nimoy, the story of Spock, the interpersonality of the family involved, his family and how Spock affected them and everything else, and as well as kind of a, a chronological story of Spock, of Star Trek, of Gene Roddenberry, uh, some incredible stuff. Uh, it's it's a beautiful piece of work, and I, I soundly recommend anybody to, to pick up a DVD of it when it's available, if you didn't fund the initial Kickstarter, and uh, check it out. It's just a beautiful piece of work. And that's all I get to say about that. He was a very nice guy too. I met him a couple times. Very nice guy. He comes across so be- so lovely on the film. Yeah, he, uh, he was like that. I I was really shocked because I you know you heard everything about William Shatner, who I also met, and the least said the better. But it was the, the complete opposite with. Leonard Nimoy, he just was amazing. Just a, a nice guy. Very, very soft-spoken, too. I thought he'd be very, you know, loud and gregorious, but he was just very soft-spoken. Also, he was yeah. a fan of Tolkien, just saying. I was one. trying to figure a, a way to throw this one in during the Star Trek talk. My favorite Star Trek movie of all time, Star Trek The Motion Picture. <laughs> the one everybody, including the cast, hated. No, you know what? You know what? Just don't feed the trolls and move on. Okay. okay. <laughs> I mean, whatever. Well, it doesn't matter. Hey, Kriana, do yes. you know who's going to be on the show next week? I certainly don't. And, and I don't either because the Booking Monkey hasn't put it up yet. But I'm hoping it's somebody who just wrote a book called The Fifth Beetle. Oh, and yeah, that guy. That guy. What's his he's face? He's going to be on it. Good old what's his face. Yeah. Interviewed him, and he is an awesome guy, and I forgot his name, but great guy. Sure. It's Vivek Tuari, and he's already been on the show twice. <laughs> once, and he, if I just remember Once? Yeah, once. This will be twice. Good try. And hopefully that's happening next week. So hit the music, and let's do the end, my dear. All right. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of Boston Comic-Con, Granite Con, Northeast Comic-Con, booksandboos.com and comicarthouse.com Visit Comic Art House for some of the best deals on original art from dozens of favorite artists. And if you have a free moment, take a look at Sci-Fi Saturday Night's first anthology, My Peculiar Family, now out on Amazon. Our intro music production was provided by Rob Watts. Find more of his creations at robwattsonline.com Our outro music was provided by Lawrence Made Me Cry. Check out more of their groups on lawrencemademecry.com. I want to thank our guest tonight, Christopher from Granite State Comic Con and Double Midnight Comics, and Matt, Matt Van Herring from the Secret Identity Podcast, and a writer and a geek. Many thanks to our guest who joined us tonight from the Act in Action Time more Sweetheart of the City, and our towards on period. Thank you, Lee. That's what she said. Uh, back from the shadows, which means six more weeks of con season. Thank you, Java. Where are the animals? Take a left. They're right there. This is Dome saying Terry and Jeannie shared penance. Lessons shared joy increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everybody.
Oh, I know. 